live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, indeed it is. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today as the days grow short in advance of the Christmas holiday, and I have decided what we need Santa to bring us. Remember uh, Cabbage Patch Dolls back in the early 80s? I'm going to say like 1983, cabbage, bat, cabbage Patch Dolls were the thing, and you couldn't find them anywhere, and as a consequence, every kid wanted Santa to bring one. Parents went nuts. They were out in stores and in malls in a homicidal panic trying to find this weird-looking doll. Well, there are plenty of Cabbage Patch Dolls available now. What's in short supply this Christmas season is common sense. And so that's what I want Santa to bring to every mom and dad and good little boy and good little girl and good little they in America. I would like Santa to give America a great big bag of pure common sense. You know, the good kind. The kind this nation used to possess in amazing abundance. With a fresh supply of common sense, we could address the humanitarian catastrophe that's playing out in real time, day by day, on America's southern border, not far from where I am here in the great state of Texas. At one time, not that long ago, it made no difference who the president was with respect to border security. That's because we had plenty of common sense. We weren't, as we are now, stuck on stupid. Democrats and Republicans alike agreed that you can't have wide-open borders and call yourself a sovereign nation. Democrats and Republicans could all do simple math, and armed with their ability to do math, Democrats and Republicans alike could count up the cost of feeding, housing, schooling, and medicating a horde of poor, barely literate immigrants and say, we can't afford that. No nation, not even a nation as rich and as large as this one, can afford to take in tens of thousands of social-assuming, non-English-speaking poor people every month. Anyone with a lick of common sense knows that if you don't carefully control who's, who enters your home, who comes into your business, your school, or your country, it's inevitable that people will get in that should be kept out. And with respect to our country... I'm talking about criminals and drug dealers and terrorists. And yeah, okay, yes, 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 I agree. The vast majority of the people coming across our southern border are just doing so hoping to get access to a better life. But in fiscal year 2022, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection data, which I just looked up, there were 2.76 million illegal border crossings, a number that shatters previous records. So let's just do some simple math. Let's be very generous and say say 99% are just decent people coming to America in search of a better way of life. That leaves 1% of bad apples. Well, that would be 27,600 criminals that you important that you imported that you wouldn't have if you had common sense regarding immigration policy. That 1% number is of course crazy because according to the University of Georgia, Approximately 7% of the American population has a felony criminal record. So assuming that poor immigrants from poor countries are criminal at the same rate as Americans, it means that a flood of 2.76 million illegal immigrants in fiscal year 2022 contained within it about 193,000 felony-level criminals. Who, with any common sense, would leave the front door of his or her uh, home open, wide open, in the certain knowledge that sooner or later in, into the house would walk a criminal. And now we have the looming end next Tuesday 
what's being called Title 42. Let's have some clarity on Title 42. You hear people talking about the repeal of Title 42. Title 42 isn't about to be repealed. Here's what's really going on. The Code of Laws of the United States of America, that's an actual title. It's usually simply called the United States Code or USC. It's the official compilation of the federal statutes of every law that has ever been enacted by Congress dating back to the first United States Congress in 1789. The U.S. Code, the USC, is divided into 54 areas called titles. Each title deals with a specific area of government. For example, Title 18 concerns itself with crimes and criminal procedure. USC Title 42 contains the statutes having to do with the public health and welfare. Chapter 6A of Title 42 contains the statutes dealing with public health emergencies. It's under authority granted in Title 42, Chapter 6A, that the Trump administration issued an executive order that requires immigrants seeking asylum in the United States to wait somewhere outside the United States for their asylum petitions to be considered. That order got issued as a result of the pandemic. It was common sense. If you're worried about the spread of a novel disease, you stop allowing people from outside the country to come in. That order ends Tuesday. Nearly everyone, including some Democrats, expects the flood of immigrants to become a tsunami. In other words, you think it's bad now, just wait. Here's what Representative Henry Cuellar, Democratic congressman from a border district in South Texas, said on CN a couple of days ago. It's cut 11. Communities are going to be overwhelmed, not only in Paso. We've seen that in the past with uh, Rio Grande Valley. We've seen it in Eagle Pass, Del Rio. They're going to be overwhelmed. They're just not enough shelters and, and border processing centers to handle the large numbers of people. And what Border Patrol is doing, it's almost like a whack-a-mole in the, in, in the sense that if there's a surge in the valley, they'll move people down there. If there's, uh, if there's more people crossing uh, during, uh, the, let's say, the Rio Eagle Pass and move uh, agents over there, now they're moving agents to uh, El Paso. So it's really, this is not the way to secure the border. No, it's not. The, the Biden administration is stuck on stupid. What the administration is doing is stupid, and it's stupid on an industrial scale. You know, for his part, President Biden's simply trying to act as if the problem doesn't exist, even as he himself is the one who created it. Here's Congressman Cuellar again. Cut 10. I don't know why they keep avoiding the border uh, and say there's other things more important than visiting the border. If there's a crisis, show up. Just show up. Uh, I think part of the battle is if he just shows up and says, I'm going to be working on this and all this, just showing up at the border uh, would send a strong signal to the communities that uh, he's there, he cares about the border communities. Just show up. Well, here's a reminder. Quayar is a Democrat, yet there, there you just heard some common sense. Common sense at one time just wasn't partisan in this country. Democrats had it, too. We kind of all had it. We, America succeeded. It, America was the country it was because we had a whole sea to shining sea continent full of common sense. Today, not so much. Least of all, the White House. Here's White House preferential hire spokesperson Karine Jean-Pierre. It's cut nine. 
we continue to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there, and that's not how we're going to fix uh, this issue. They want to, uh, they want to uh, secure the border. We've been doing that work on our own, and uh, we ask, we're asking them to, hey, you know what? There's an immigration reform plan that the president put out on the first day. They should work with us and do this in a bipartisan way. What exactly, Corrine, Corrine, are you guys doing to secure the border? When you, on January the 20th of 2021, when you walked into the White House, the border was, for all intents and purposes, secure. The hard work had been done. You inherited a secure border, and you made it unsecure. The stupidity of what's happening with respect to illegal immigration, it's just beyond comprehension. Thousands and thousands of immigrants willingly turn themselves into U.S. Customs and Border Protection every week, saying they're seeking asylum. They know what happens next. They're processed, given a date, years in the future, in which they are nominally to appear to have their case for asylum heard by an immigration court. They're then released into the country pending that court date. Where they go, no one in the federal government can tell you. Almost none of them appear on their appointed dates. Almost none of them qualify for asylum under our laws in the first place. Everyone in government, right up to President Biden himself, knows this. An immigrant's encounter with with and processing by Customs and Border Protection amounts to de facto permission by the U.S. government for permanent residency in the United States. And the numbers swell every month, further burdening cities and states with the costs of social services, welfare, schooling, housing, health care, and crime, and all the rest. We are stuck on stupid. No nation can afford this. No other nation in this solar system lets it happen. No other country has a wide open border. No other country has a wide open border as official policy. No other country has politicians making sanctimonious statements about a humanitarian duty and reflecting our values as a nation, all the while letting in a flood of unvetted immigrants. This shouldn't be partisan, and at one time it wasn't. We used to argue partisan things like, what's the best way to deal with the poor? What's the best way, how's the best way to spend our defense budget money? What's the best way to secure a good life for future generations? We used to argue over things like that. We, our partisan arguments weren't over whether we should secure the border. Everybody knew you had to secure the border. Everybody knew that if you don't have a secure border, you don't have a sovereign nation. How this is happening I just, I can't understand it. So that's why I want Santa Claus to bring America, every citizen, every mommy and daddy and good little boy and good little girl and good little they and good little whatever, bring us all a bag of common sense. It is common sense. We can't keep doing this, which is why I hope Santa will bring us some this Christmas. What do you think? 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America this Friday before the Friday before Christmas. We are running out of time for Christmas. I hope you've um, hope you've made some moves in that area because time grows short. We have a big show coming up. Later this hour, we'll have Congressman Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma City. The bottom of the second hour, we have New York Post columnist Miranda Devine, one of my absolute favorite writers in America, this time talking about the... Uh, just the unbelievable FTX crypto meltdown Sam Bankman-Fried story. Uh, $40 million given by Mr. Bankman-Fried to Democrats. His investors' money uh, invested in a way that they uh, 
certainly don't like. And then the bottom of hour three, Mike, <clears throat> Mike Howell of the Heritage Foundation, the Heritage Foundation being a frequent source of common sense and woven into all of that, you and me and what's on your mind at 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Listen, I hope you'll follow me on my weekly column. I just wrote on this today at youtellmetexas.com. Youtellmetexas.com. Love to have you uh, have you check in there and subscribe so you get you get the column every week. And um, love to have you be a part of the show today. 888-788-9910. Fox Across America continues, and I hope you'll stay with us. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of nugenics thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply It is Fox Across America. Paul Glodger sitting in for Jimmy Fallon today. Jimmy will return on Monday, but between now and then, it's you and me. And if I'm doing the show, it means you're doing the show at 888-788-9910. And let's just go to the phones. Trish, Bradenton, Florida, you're our leadoff hitter here on Fox Across America. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. I just I just want to say this. Americans, including me, I... We don't know what to do. All you guys want to do is talk about what's wrong. Everybody talks about it. Fox, Newsmax, all the other people just talk about what's wrong. We, if, the, if the Department of Justice and the FBI are corrupt, what can we do? We can't vote because they bring in votes in the middle of the night and change our vote. We don't know what to do. Everybody wants to talk about what's wrong. But there's no solution. What is the solution? The solution is to do what you're doing. And one of the things is you have, you have representatives in Congress. Wear them out. Make them, make them hear your voice. Wear your friends and neighbors out. Make them make, them make their congressmen hear their voices. You, 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 this is a government of the people, by the people, for the people. The people have to, have to speak. If you just go about your life and you listen to talk radio and take no action, nothing's going to change. But you, like, what action do you expect us to take? What should we do? Like the Congress? What? What's? What is? Who represents you in Congress? Would be. Um, the fact that you have to I, think I, that hard about it tells you part yeah, of what I you do. need to do. I do. I mean, it's just not. 
that the fact that you the fact that hopeless. you have to go um uh and have to think about it tells you that you that you need to take a step. Who represents you? And you need to know that, and you know. need to know how to get hold of them, and they need to hear from you. We have a great governor. I can write to him. Yeah, but he's already he's on the, the case. Doing anything. He's 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 already on the case. He's he's saying the right things and doing the right things. If you're represented, if you're represented in Congress, particularly if you're represented in Congress by a Democrat, are you? Do you know? No. Okay. There's step one, Trish, is get connected in that way. Know who's your state rep, who represents you in the in, in the Florida Senate. You need to know all of that stuff, and you and they need to hear from you because if they don't hear from you, they're going to assume everything is okay. Well, it sure as hell is it? No, absolutely, it's not. And as to, as to what do we do about the about the mess on the border? That is easy. We have a template. You go back to what we were doing under the Trump administration, and I know Trump triggers a lot of people. I know Trump. You know, you say the word Trump, and a lot of people get the vapors. But I tell you what, his policy was spot on with respect to our immigration problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honest to God, I don't know that I'll ever vote again if he doesn't get back in there. I'm so over it. I'm just no, so no, you can't. You see, I mean, now you we, can. We, our country can't handle what's going on down there right now. Well, no, it can't. And you know, as, as, the, as the great economist Herb Stein says, that which cannot continue will stop. We can't keep doing this. The only question is that that is a given. We cannot keep doing this. The only thing that's in question is how much damage will get done before it stops. Because it cannot go on forever. This is unsustainable. You can't let in thousands and thousands and thousands of uneducated, um, essentially unemployable, social services-consuming peasants. And I'm not saying that as a pejorative. I'm talking about people who are of no means. You can't let those, those people into the country week after week, month after month, year after year in unlimited numbers without tremendous consequences. And that's, but our president sees those people as voters. That's why he's doing this. Well, that is the cynical view, and, and you say, well, what other reason would they want this? And that's about the only one you can come up with. The Democrats, exactly. see, Democrats see a horde of poor people coming into the country as a future block of votes. Right. And that's, that's why they keep doing what they're doing. Listen, Trish, I appreciate your call. I'm going to get one more in before the bottom of the hour. You have a great day and a happy Christmas. Glenn in East Texas, you are next on Fox Across America. Got about a minute. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Um, you know, I'm from uh, Longview area, so well, very good. Um, I'm yes, um, my deal is uh, I haven't heard much from uh, Gre- Governor uh, Greg Abbott lately. Is there anything else that we can do? Well, you know, he's got the Department of Public Safety. He's got the Texas Department of Public Safety on a task force rounding rounding illegal migrants up and bringing them back to the border. He's doing quite a bit. And so, yeah, you know, he, so I, I know. I, I, I totally, uh, I stand behind him one hundred percent. It's not. But, here's uh, the know, here's I'm the just, here's the thing, Greg, and I, I'm, I'm Glenn. I'm, I don't want to cut you short. It's not his job to do this. And it's not the Arizona governor's job to do it. It's, it. it's the federal government's job to do it. And, again, we're back to what I said at the top of the show, common sense. Common sense says you cannot keep letting people in, in hordes invade your country, and that's exactly what we're doing. Well, that, you're exactly right. And I, and I take it out on, on Governor Abbott. Uh, you know, I voted for him every time. But I just don't see that, that we're not going to get anywhere with our uh, with our 
government anymore. All right, Glenn, you know, listen, like, I've got to run. I've got a hard break. Appreciate your call. I hope you have a very safe and Merry Christmas as well. Paul Gleiser, sending in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. We have more of the show coming up. You stay put. It is Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy today. Jimmy will return on Monday. Meanwhile, we have on the line Kevin Hearn, representative in Congress from the great state of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, the first district of Oklahoma. He is a Republican. He's our guest. Congressman, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for being here. Paul, it's great to be with you. Listen, just a quick little bit of business first. You voted against this uh, short-term bill to fund the government. Tell us why. Well, what we know right now is uh, w w the Democrats have been in complete control for the last two years, and we've seen the abomination of spending. There's tons and tons, trillions and trillions of dollars out there. We should have had the government funded by the end of September 30th in regular order. The, the Democrats controlled everything, the budget process, the appropriations process. They did a continuing resolution to get us to December 16th because they couldn't agree on how much more money they wanted to spend, and now we they pushed forward, kicking it down the road to now next Friday, the 23rd, so they could even spend trillions of dollars more. And uh, I just said enough is enough. We've got to get back to regular order. The American people demand that we are better and more responsible for their taxpayer dollars. Refresh my memory, Congressman. When is the last time the United States Congress passed a budget in regular order? Uh, 2000. And by the way, I apologize. 22, 22 years. That's right. And we had a balanced budget. We actually had budget surpluses for four years prior to that under President Bill Clinton, Newt Gingrich, and Trent Lott. Uh, worked together to, in a bipartisan way to do what the government is supposed to be doing, which is taking care of the American people, not self-serving themselves. All right. Let me segue into what we started the show off with this morning. Congressman Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma. We were talking about, I said, what I want Santa to bring all of us in, in America for Christmas 2022 is a big bag of common sense. At one time, we in America possessed common sense, and the common sense tells you that you can't allow an, a horde, tens of thousands of unvetted illegal immigrants into your country every single month and call yourself sovereign. Well, you're exactly right. This is what Americans hate about what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. You have the administration telling you that, you know, we have energy security and that, you know, the fossil fuels are terrible. And then you have people like Pete Buttigieg and John Kerry going out and flying in private jets around the world. And, you know, what's the, the thing is, is that you as an individual are evil, but the, the elite can do whatever they want to do and spend wherever they want to spend. And you have uh, Karine Jean-Pierre's comments this past week on border security that everything is great. And it's not great. To your point, we're seeing eight to 10,000 a day crossing. The, the customer border protection agents are expecting that to increase to 13 to 15,000 per day, per day. So three to 400,000 per month. And, uh, you know, we back in February, I led a letter of about 50 Republicans uh, to ask uh, President or excuse me, Treasure, uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas to resign because he was doing a terrible job. We actually asked him to come to the Capitol for a hearing. He did. Uh, and I asked him specifically and first one to question him and ask him specifically about his job performance. And he said the border is secure. That was in the first part of March. Uh, and here we are uh, just this week, a group of us um, on the grounds of the Capitol, 
call for his impeachment. And it's just miraculous that yesterday he put a six-point plan together, went to the border to see what was going on. And uh, now they're going to look at uh, trying to fix the border. It's amazing how, you know, when you start calling for somebody to be impeached, that they actually start doing their job. Congressman, uh, I want to just transfer or pass along the frustration of a caller we had uh, before the bottom of the hour when you came on. Trish in Bradenton, Florida called. And she says, well, what can we do? We, we, you guys talk, we have hearings, we do all these things, and nothing gets better. She, she's expressing her frustration. All of these things we talk about, we know the problems, they don't get fixed. What can we do? Well, I, I will tell you one thing that the Treasury, or excuse me, the Homeland Security Secretary said, Mayorkas, is that Congress should come together in a bipartisan way and fix this. He's right. It's, it's a responsibility. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, enumerated powers of Congress, is to fix the southern border. And that's exactly what happened under President Trump. Uh, came together uh, in a bipartisan way, ultimately, after the government being shut down, and started building the wall and got some 600 miles of wall built. And what did President Biden do as soon as he became president of the United States? He came in under executive order and canceled the remainder of the wall that had been funded by Congress, scrapped all of the metal, and this is what we have today. We have rampant uh, invasion of our southern border from people all over the world, not just from Mexico or the Northern Triangle, but from everywhere. Terrorist watch list, fentanyl killing, uh, you know, 100,000 of our, our young people across America is now the number one killer of 18 to 45. And the president was in Arizona just last week, 100 miles from the border, and said he had more important things to do in the world to go see this than, than to go see the southern border, which he has never been to since his time in office. Do you have any hope for our politics, Congressman? You know, one time, you know, if a Democrat proposed something, and it was good for the country, Republicans would go along. If a Republican proposed something and it was good for the country, Democrats would go along. We are so divided now. It's all about, it's all about I want my side to win no matter what. It's, we, we, we've, we're, we've divided off where we care more about our team than we care about our country. And the, the fact is, if one of the reasons a whole lot of good Trump policy was opposed, not because it was bad policy, but because Trump proposed it. And that's happening today. If, you know, Republicans propose good policy, Democrats oppose it simply because a Republican proposed it. How does, do, we, do you have any hope that ever gets fixed? Well, I think what you're going to see happening is the Democrats coming back to the middle. And so let's talk about three things here that I think make up the most immediate issues in national security for our citizens and for our country. The first one is the border security that you and I have been talking about for the last few minutes. We have the ability. We know exactly what we have to do. Under President Trump, there were like 20,000 people a month coming in, and we could capture them. We had the Border Patrol you know, capturing folks, ICE taking care of sending them back, 20,000 a month versus almost 20,000 a day. Uh, that we're getting ready to see. The second thing is is energy security. Back to what your point was, under President Trump, I would argue even the last year of, of President Obama, uh, he knew that we need to be a net exporter, an energy-dominant position, so that we weren't dependent on rogue actors around the world like Iran and Venezuela, which we are now, and what we've seen in Russia. And so we, he signed the opportunity for us to become an energy-dominant nation, which we did and saw very low gas prices under President Trump. And then finally, the third leg of that national security is economic security, which, again, we saw that under President Trump. And, and so what we're seeing now, is, to your point, is the complete desire to unravel anything to do uh, that had to do with President Trump and the success of this nation. 
And what Americans need to remember, regardless if they like what President Trump tweeted, when they turned off their Twitter, they were much better off. They were less dependent on the federal government. They were making more money. They had the ability to save and put things away for their kids and take vacations without worrying about whether they could eat or not. That's what you had under President Trump's administration. And that's what the Republicans want to get back to. That's what I want us to get back to as chairman of the Republican Study Committee going into the next two years is to remind the Americans what policies work, get away from the politics, what policies work that the Democrats, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and what Nancy Pelosi has done to unravel those. You know, Representative Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma is our guest here on Fox Across America. Congressman, I don't, I can't tell you what year it was. It was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. I kind of got swept up in the net and invited to a luncheon in where I was, I was the, the, a, a minnow in a, in a pool of sharks. I, I had no business being there. Somehow I was there. Heavy hitters in a luncheon in Dallas. And the guest, the speaker, the, the keynote guy was uh, none other, none other than, uh, Art Laffer. Uh, of the Reagan administration, an economist, a guy I respect a great deal, the author of The Laffer Curve. And I, I had sat next to him at lunch before the speaking started, and he said, quote, Bill Clinton was a great president, end quote. And I said, you come from the Reagan administration. How would you say that Bill Clinton was a great president? And he went on to enumerate what you just said. We had balanced budgets. We had surpluses. Uh, Clinton worked with Trent Lott and worked with um, – um, uh, Newt Gingrich, and and things got done. And, Demo- and we had Republicans who had a divided government. Republicans controlled the uh, the, the legislature, and and a Democrat president controlled the White House. But things got done. That was, I'd love, I would love for that to happen again. Can it? I believe it can. I think you're going to see in this next election that people are going to realize on the Democrat side that they're going to have any chance of winning in the future. They're going to have to come back to the to the center. That's what President Clinton did back in the day. I'm originally from Arkansas, so I knew him, uh, you know, knew him as a Democrat, but as somebody that wanted to get something done. And he realized that the welfare to work program was something that we needed to be able to be. Uh, altruistic, philanthropic, caring about people, help them get up on their feet, get back to work. Those workers fueled the uh, helped fuel the, the economy because jobs were now being taken and people were working and making money. They were liberated from the government. And he did that in 1996, along with Newt Gingrich and Trent Lott, as you mentioned. That law is still in place. But what's happened is the Democrat governors around this country have been able to wave around that. They've been able to wave around those work requirements at the state level. And so you have a lot of folks out there who do not want to work because it's more profitable to stay at home. Uh, The Cato Institute uh, said not too long ago that if a person applied for every opportunity that the federal government supports, they could make upwards of $40,000 a year of tax-free money uh, and so you think about the hurdle rate that businesses would have to offer somebody to go to work to, to get them away from that uh, government check coming every month. And so we, that's what President Clinton knew, who I think today would be known as a Republican, because, again, everybody realizes on the right that the, the way to freedom is to let businesses create jobs and put Americans to work. The Democrats, on the other hand, want you dependent on the federal government so they can control your lives, which is you know, a loose definition of a socialist government. Let me ask you this: you, know, you, you in the in the just in the the just concluding Congress, you said on ways and means. Again, I'm going to ask you where 
where do how do we get to the place where we're not running these massive deficits and running up this massive debt that at the, at some point it'll be like a family that doesn't make enough money to even cover the minimum payments on the MasterCard? You're exactly right. When you look at what's known as discretionary spending, which is the money that's not on autopilot, so if you look at the whole budget as 100%, about 75% of the budget is on autopilot. These are monies that go block granted to the states. This is for our Social Security, our Medicare, uh, our, our portion of the Medicaid program. Those are all, that's about 75% of the budget that we never talk about on a yearly basis. The 25% that's remaining is called discretionary spending. Inside of that, you have defense and non-defense. That pile of money is shrinking every uh, year as it relates to inflation. Over, If you look back over the last 12 years, that's grown about 2%. But as it relates to inflation, it's gone backwards. So we're arguing uh, in Congress over a smaller and smaller pool of money because nobody uh, wants to sit down on both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, and talk about the things that are really driving us into a place where it's not going to be good. There has to be structural reforms. Uh, Democrats are working on it already. Republicans are going to have to come together with Democrats to work on these these uh, the 75 percent number because there's just going to be no money left. And I saw a number the other day in about 20 years. The only thing that if you look at the current growth rate of our, our uh, budget right now, our revenues, it will be 100 percent consumed by Social Security, Medicare and interest on our debt. There will be no money left to fund the government for defense or any other program. So we, we have no choice but to come together in the very near future. We've been saying, I've been hearing that now, the thing that just scares me to death, Congressman, I've been hearing that now for 20 years. Well, the, the, the thing is, the numbers are so big now uh, as compared to uh, what we've had in the past, and it's growing exponentially, unlike before where it was growing you know, very linear, you could kind of project out there. Now the exponential growth in interest on our debt uh, for the first time ever in about four years from now will be greater than what we spend on the national defense. And just to give you an example, uh, you know, there was the National Defense Authorization Act, which has never not passed since 1961, just passed last week. And and on that, that's going to represent about 2%, 2.5% of our gross domestic product. That may be the lowest since 1900 and 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 so we're continuing to shrink our national defense what we're responsible for in congress defending ourselves from you know bad actors around the world and helping other you know free democracies around the world and and, you know helping support our allies around the world we're we're shrinking that uh so ever more uh you know and this kind of happened back in 2010 when we started projecting this out in the sequestration we're some $200 billion less today on defense spending than we would have been on the trajectory that we were just 10 years ago. Yet our domestic spending on programs is growing exponentially. And all of this is being funded with debt. And this debt has to have an interest paid back on it. And you're seeing the interest rate go up because of the inflation. And so we have a, a real crisis that we have not seen uh, in our lifetime. And in our economic lifetime, we've not seen only one other time, and that was the time of World War II. We had, a, we had to change our whole economy. But we've never seen what we're seeing right now ever in the history of our country. Well, listen, as I say, I want Santa to bring us some common sense and address all of these issues. Congressman Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma, listen, I appreciate your time. I hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas, and thanks for being part of the show today. Paul, thanks for all you do. I really appreciate it. 
You too, and, and, and be safe. Paul Gleiser here, and uh, there goes Kevin Hearn from Oklahoma. And here we go after the break. Stick around. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, Burl Ives reminds us that we are winding down the Christmas shopping season. I hope you have yours under control. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. If I do the show, it means you get to do the show at 888-788-9910. In Orlando, Florida, Cody, you're up here on Fox Across America. Hey, man. Hey, I'm losing you there, Cody. Hi, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Go. Got about a minute. Man, I've been listening to y'all y'all shows since I've been in this car headed back to Florida or to Orlando to go home. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot that can be done about our country as long as people have the guts to do it. Half a mile. Turn Seriously. Yeah. Oh, and Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, and Jim Jordan are the only three politicians that I've been watching on the news lately who have any guts at all because they're actually standing up for the voice, the want, and the will of the people in their states. And... Personal shout-out to Ron DeSantis. My dad told me to stop by and tell him he loves him while I'm here in Florida. Can't do that, so I'm going to do it on the air. Well, listen, I think i got your navigation system competing with you there, um, there, Cody. But I, I will, I'll underscore what you say. I think we're proud here in Texas of, of uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, certainly the people in Florida have every, every reason to be proud of their governor. And there are politicians that will actually stand up and do the right thing and say the right thing and act on it. And we absolutely need that. But it all starts with us. And if we don't get involved and if we don't let them hear from us and if we don't make our voices heard loudly and proudly and clearly, then what we're going to get is what we've been getting. We This country didn't used to disagree about needing a secure border. That just was a given. You know, you, if you put your hand on a hot stove, your hand will get burned. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew you couldn't, you couldn't do things that were obviously stupid, and yet here we are doing things that are obviously stupid. Listen, be a part of the program this next half hour, 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon and taking your calls here on Fox Across America. More of the show is coming up after the top of the hour. I do hope you will stick around. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Indeed it is. It's Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon today. Jimmy's off. He'll be back on Monday. It's you and me and the phone at 888-788-9910 if you'd like to be a part of the show today. And I hope you'll follow me at my weekly column, my blog, youtellmetexas.com. I'm coming to you from proud KTBB uh, radio in, in Tyler Longview, Texas, proud Fox Across America affiliate, one of the early adopters of this great show with Jimmy. And uh, I write a column that says, you tell me Texas. Well, it could be you tell me America. I say what's on my mind. You say what's on yours. That's why we named it what we named it. Love to love to have you be a part of that. Love to have you subscribe at youtellmetexas.com. Love to hear from you on the phone at 888-788-9910. Let me tell you what I don't want for this program today. I don't want to turn it into a dry civics lesson, but we got to cover a little bit of that. Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8 
of the U.S. Constitution says, and this is a quote, no person holding any office of profit or trust under the United States shall, without the consent of Congress, accept of, of any present emolument, office, or title of any kind, whatever, from any king, prince, or foreign state, end quote. Now, in simpler English, that means that the President of the United States can't take money from a foreign government to do that government's bidding. Why do I bring this up? Because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, and we know that we know that Hunter took millions of dollars from Chinese and Russian companies and oligarchs, all of which were proxies for the Chinese and Russian governments. Those governments didn't pay Hunter out of the goodness of their hearts. They didn't give him the money because they just thought he was a cool guy. They expected something. The question is, what did they expect in return? What are they getting in return? Hunter Biden has no discernible expertise in anything that would warrant him being paid millions of dollars by anybody. So what did what did China and Russia in Ukraine and others get for their money? And let's focus on China. Is there any doubt in your mind that China would like to see a weakened United States? China is out to defeat the United States economically. They've said it. They're not shy about it. They're out front, out loud, and proud about it. They want to replace the United States as the world's economic superpower. And they are on a trajectory to do that, not so much because of what they're doing. They have their own problems, but because of what we are doing to ourselves, the economic harm that we are inflicting upon ourselves, the number of times we've taken a loaded gun and pointed it at our own feet. And one of the ways we're doing that is with, the, with by virtue of the fact that we let in tens of thousands of people that we can't afford to feed every single month. And who, if, if you fit me for a, for a foil, tinfoil hat if you want to. Call me a conspiracy nut. I want to ask the question, is, there, is one of the reasons that Joe Biden is letting this happen because that's what the Chinese want? They want to see the United States weakened by a flood of immigrants it can't afford and weakened by a flood of fentanyl coming into the country that's killing its youth. If I were the Chinese, I would like to watch all of this happen. Is Joe Biden pursuing the, this idiotic immigration policy because it's what Xi Jinping wants, and Joe Biden has been paid. I know that sounds crazy. I know that somebody on the left who supports Joe Biden will call me a conspiracy nut. I understand all of that. But given what we know about the Hunter Biden laptop story, and given the fact that Hunter Biden was paid an enormous amount of money for doing essentially nothing, you have to ask yourself, what did that money buy? And the answer, the only one that comes to mind is it was influence is what that money bought. It was the, the biggest influence peddling scheme in U.S. history. And frankly, I think the biggest scandal in U.S. presidential history. At one time, we got our knickers all in a knot over Watergate, which is a fly speck compared to what we have here. What did the people who paid all this money, what did the governments of Russia and China get in return for the money that they funneled through Hunter Biden? And is there any doubt in anybody's mind who has a scintilla of thought and, and capability of thought, is there any doubt that, that the 10% that went to the big guy, the big guy is Joe Biden? What has Joe 
Biden been paid to do by people who don't want good things for our country? The only plausible conclusion, absent a better explanation, is that China and Russia and others acting through their proxies, got preferred access to the Obama administration via then-Vice President Joe Biden, and we now have very good reason to be concerned that President Joe Biden is seriously compromised. Or am I crazy? 888-788-9910. It is entirely reasonable to be looking into this. And at one time, listen, the media swarmed over Richard Nixon, over Watergate, there, the, 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 the microscope placed on that presidency was, was intense. And if you were to change the names in the Hunter Biden laptop story, if you changed Hunter Biden to Donald Trump Jr., you changed all the last names to Trump, is there any doubt in your mind that the media would be absolutely incandescent over what, has, what we know, what is incontrovertible, on the on the on the Hunter Biden laptop, what we learned by him foolishly and idiotically abandoning a, a laptop computer that contained such in, enormously incriminating material on it, and just leaving it and forgetting about it at a at a computer repair shop. And what about that poor guy that repaired it? He looked he looked on that computer. What he saw was appalling to him. It was concerning enough to him that he turned it over to the FBI. The FBI sat on it from 2019 forward. It was them the the inaction of the FBI that caused that the computer repair shop guy in Delaware to say, I got to get this out. Somebody else needs to look at this. And he winds up putting it in the hands of Rudy Giuliani. That winds up in the hands of the New York Post. The story breaks. We, we get the Twitter story. Twitter tries to suppress it. That leads Elon Musk to say, Twitter is trying to suppress free speech. He spends $44 billion for a company that's probably not worth 10 in order to, uh, for us to learn that the corruption is all around us. It is it, it, it permeates and, and, and infuses itself all the way through the institutions that we once trusted. It's, it, it's permeated into the FBI and the Department of Justice and the intelligence community. And <clears throat> the, real, the real thing is the studied silence of our once respected institutions of, of media and news gathering. ABC, CBS, NBC, the gold-plated American brands, the news gathering, the news disseminating organizations that the rest of the world emulated have been completely silent on this. They have gone out of their way not to cover a story that you would think that if you had news instincts and if you were a news hound and you wanted you wanted to beat your competition to the story you would be all over and they are ignoring this story and it all weaves together as i just described it works its way all the way through the 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 in the, the entirety of our of our of our government our media and and now the private sector in 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 business and this in in social media is culpable it all of this is going on, and the simple question is, what did Joe Biden get? What did Hunter Biden, what, what did China get? What did Russia get for all the money they paid to, uh, to the Biden family? What did they get in return? They didn't just hand the money over because they were feeling generous. What do you think? 888-788-9910. Meanwhile, we have this, as we let off the program, we have this 
ongoing problem on our border, and it's huge, and it is being studiously ignored by the President of the United States, who has sworn to protect us. And so it, it, it is being accurately described as a, um, as a humanitarian crisis. Here's Mark Daniels. He's the sheriff of Cochise County, Arizona. He's, in, he's a border county. Here's what he had to say. Cut to. What side is our federal government on? I mean, there's only two sides. You have the public safety side that protects this country, protects Americans, or we have the side of the criminal cartels that don't want that border secured either. So it, it is, it's alarming. Our governor has, and I speak as a sheriff in Cochise County, has stood up, worked with sheriffs that want to work with them, worked with the citizens to protect this country, protect this border in Arizona, and to see our federal government, Department of Justice, to come in and go after our our governor is alarming. And let me just say this, and then you have people out there saying the governor needs to be arrested for protecting his state. I stand by Governor Ducey and all he's done for our state and this country. What uh, Mark Daniels, the sheriff of Cochise County, Arizona, was saying, he was on Neil Cavuto's show. He was talking about the federal government is suing the governor of Arizona for doing what the federal government is supposed to do and refuses to do, and that is secure the border. And so the governor is saying these people that live on the border, they deserve to be protected from the, from the ravages of an invasion. And their federal government refuses to do it, so I'm going to do it because I'm going to protect my people. And in return, the federal government, instead of saying, how can we help you, governor, is filing suit against him. This is how perverted things have got. And you have to ask yourself, why? Why are we so far departed from a set of principles that we once all agreed on? You know, Democrats and Republicans disagreed between the 40-yard lines. We didn't disagree between the goal lines. We used to be... There was a common set of principles that guided us all. And one of those was you got to protect your country and you have to protect your people and you have to look out for their interests first. Whose interests are Joe Biden looking out for? His own or ours? And to what extent is he so fatally compromised that he can no longer look out for our interests first? It is, given all of the information and the evidence that we have before us, it is a fair question. What do you think? 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. More of the show's coming up. I hope you'll stay with us. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon. Wanting to hear from you at 888-788-9910. Herb in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Herb. Yes, so when you were on Article 1, if you would go down to the very last paragraph, the founders wrote this in the event that the federal government did not properly provide for the common defense. And if you got your finger down on it now, I can quote it. No state shall declare war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not permit of delay. Uh, do you know who Chris Coster is from Kansas? I do not. Okay, he was a constitutional lawyer for Ashcroft 
in the Biden administration, and he helped Jan Brewer write the Arizona immigration law. And he was here at the lake in 2010, and I quoted that to him. And I said, uh, does that give the power to the states to use any means possible to close the border if by their definition of invasion or imminent danger or delay, uh, they don't have to check with Congress, they don't have to check with a federal court, or they don't have to check with the president. And he says that's exactly why the founders wrote it up that way. Now, Well, let me tell you, Herb, let me jump in there. Let me tell you something. I do. You don't know this because you're a long way from here, but I produce a, a, a series of, 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 of uh, podcasts that, that run on the radio station here from where I'm coming. They're also available online at ktbb.com slash constitution called The Constitution Minute. And so in order to produce that, I have to read a lot about the Constitution. And one of the things that I am, of which I'm in constant awe is how prescient the men who wrote this document were. They saw things that you can't imagine they could have seen in the 18th century. Okay, so I asked Chris Coster then, why doesn't Jan Brewer use that clause to close the border? And he said he's afraid, or she's afraid, of what the Obama administration will do. Now go to your Governor Abbott down in Texas. He yeah. said he was going to uh, use that uh, term to cut off the border, but he hasn't. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Are you familiar with the Israeli skunk gas? No. They spray it across the border. It's absolutely putrid. It doesn't harm anybody in the long term. Uh, right. Our Ferguson, Missouri, after the riots, they bought that skunk gas to spray on rioters to disperse them. Uh, why doesn't Abbott employ something like that, you know, with drones with infrared uh, and other drones that carry the skunk gas, identify people coming up to the other side of the, uh, of the river there and, and spray them? Problem solved. They wouldn't Would come into the water. They wouldn't approach our side of, uh, of the river. And uh, bingo, they have to go through the portals that are designed to vet Immigrants. I, I just think Abbott's a coward, and I think all of the legislatures that don't employ that to you know, when they bellyache about the border, that they are cowards also to not use that clause to close the border. Well, and I guess the answer that I can't, first of all, you'd have to ask Governor Abbott, and I wish I could get him on. I've, he's, I've talked to him a lot about this, you know, and, and specifically why he doesn't do that. I don't know. It's a fair question to ask him. It yeah, absolutely is a fair. It's a fair question. But with respect to Abbott and Ducey in Arizona, and uh, for that matter, Newsom in California, who's of a different, certainly a different mindset. The fact is, it's none of their jobs to do this, unless the federal government does not do it. Right, I agree. But they shouldn't. They should not be put in the position. Of of having to decide, you know, to incur the wrath of the federal government or or secure their states, they shouldn't be. No governor should be in that place. But they have been by yeah. 
probably the reason that you were just talking about, the fact that the Biden administration has committed treason by taking money to sell out the citizens of the United States. And you know, and a lot of, a lot of people are going to call us tinfoil hat guys for saying that or even thinking it, um, Herb, but until you eliminate it as a possibility, it's a question that's fair to ask. Okay, but like, like uh, Coster said, uh, it is not up to the federal government to say that the state's definition of invasion is wrong. It's not up to the president to do that. It's not up to the federal courts, and it's not up to, to Congress. The states alone have the right to define whether or not they're being invaded and then take action. And by the way, don't worry so much about you being called tinfoil hats now that I've got your website and stuff. I will forward to you a survey that I just ran across that 96 percent of the people polled say the Biden administration is destroying America on purpose. Well, all right, fair enough. Send that to me, and I will give you due credit, and you'll likely see it in a future column. Herb, despite all of that, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I appreciate you being a part of the program. 888-788-9910. It's Paul Gleiser. I'm sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on this Friday, hoping you'll be a part of the show, hoping you'll stay with us after the break, because there is more of Fox Across America to come. It's Fox Across America. Paul Glines are sitting in for Jimmy Fela. Want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. Joe in Scipio, New York, you're next on Fox Across America. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing, Bob? Good, thank you. What's on your mind? Where is Scipio, New York? I thought I was in New York. Where is Scipio? It's southwest of Syracuse on Owasco Lake, between Owasco and Cayuga Lakes. Beautiful country, just a crummy government up here. Well, what's on your mind there in Scipio, Joe? Well, it just bugs me that these people end up as multi-millionaires from these really low-paying jobs. It's like the guy from New York is Schumer. I don't know how he keeps getting elected. Nobody around you – know, he doesn't win upstate. Upstate is red. And it just – Well, uh, they it, got one – Go ahead, Joe. Care where two, week, two years in a row that's taken – they're still counting in this one district, and it always works out where the Democrat ends up winning by 50 votes. Yeah, I understand that. And I mean, a quick answer to your question is, uh, I don't know, but I know that one of the best ways to get rich, if you don't have any other way to get rich, is get yourself elected to high public office. Because it's amazing to me that a job that pays $174,000 a year and requires you to maintain a home in two cities, you can somehow hold that job for 10 years and emerge as a multimillionaire. And it happens all the time. Joe, you raise a great point. Appreciate it. 888-788-9910. On the line with us, we have New York Post columnist and heroine, hero. I don't know which of those to say, which is politically correct. Miranda Devine on the line. Miranda, thanks for being part of the program. Oh, thanks so much. Great to be with you. Can I call you a heroine, or is that that patriarchal? (laughs) Sounds like a drug, actually. Well, that's true. It does kind of sound like a dark. I'm looking at a at a cartoon. I wish I could show this to you. That a real, very close friend of mine here in East Texas sent to me. It's a picture of the of a of a guy wearing an FBI hat, a donkey holding uh, a, the Twitter logo close to him, a guy in a wife beater shirt with a with the the words the big guy printed on it, 
a, a scruffy-looking guy on a laptop labeled Hunter, and a guy holding a microphone says the media, they're all lying in what is obviously a post-coital bed, and the media guy saying, this is not what it looks like. Miranda, is it what it looks like? Well, it looks like a big cover-up to me, really. Um, here yeah. we have the, the biggest story of corruption in Washington that goes to the president, whether or not he is compromised in the eyes of our greatest adversary, China, because of the millions of dollars his family took in in his name from China, not to mention Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, etc. Um, and the, half the media is ignoring the story, has ignored the story for two years. And so half the country is in the dark. Half the country still thinks that Joe Biden is honest Joe, middle-class Joe, you know, Joe, Joey boy from Scranton. Um, and he's not any of those things. And it's really quite, I don't know, I, I think it's dangerous that we now have a media that refuses to tell its audience the truth. If I'm looking at a guy like Hunter Biden, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a slacker, he's a ne'er-do-well, he's had all kinds of problems, he has succeeded at exactly nothing, and yet he has been paid millions of dollars by oligarchs and foreign governments. I want to know, it's a fair question, what did those people get for their money? Because they didn't get any discernible skill. <laughs> No. Well, that's, that's the, the $64,000 question really is um, what was the quid pro quo? Um, what we see um, in Ukraine is a pretty obvious quid pro quo, and that was that the prosecutor in Ukraine who was investigating Hunter's boss, the owner of that corrupt energy company Burisma that was paying him a million dollars a year um, to do really nothing, um, that... That guy was under investigation because he was completely corrupt. And so um, that prosecutor who was investigating him and had just seized all his homes and Rolls-Royce and other property in Kiev, he was fired on the say-so of Joe Biden. So that seems like a pretty big quid pro quo, but um, it's just been whitewashed ever since. So I think the Republicans will be looking at that. But also with China, we don't know exactly... Uh, what China got. Um, we do know that China is, um, a, you know, an espionage state and it is looking to influence Americans and the more powerful, the better. And so they've had their clutches into Joe Biden since his earliest days as a senator. When they invited him over, he was chair of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate and he was invited to China and spent a lovely weekend on their equivalent of Martha's Vineyard with the top CCP officials. And he came back to America waxing lyrical about how wonderful China was. Um, he was then instrumental in convincing his reluctant colleagues in the Democratic Party during the Clinton administration uh, to allow China into the WTO in 2001. And that was disastrous for American manufacturing, hollowed out the uh, middle class. And then we, we flick forward to today when Joe Biden is president, um, having collected his family millions of dollars from uh, China during his vice presidency. And now we see various policies, hardcore policies that were supposed to reign in China during the Trump era are being unwound. So is is Joe Biden going uh, soft on China? 
uh, and is he doing it because China has something on him or because he owes them because of the millions of dollars. I don't know. But he may be completely blameless. But the fact that he lied continually about his involvement in his son's business dealings, the fact that big tech stepped in to censor the New York Post story before the 2020 election, which was about uh, just that, um, about these compromises, about this corruption, um, and the fact that the FBI was involved in burying um, Hunter Biden's laptop, which they'd had since the end of De- uh, December 2019. Um, they, they stepped in again to suppress the five-hour interview by Hunter Biden's business partner, Tony Bobolinsky, who also was concerned about national security, um, and they buried the contents of his three phones that he'd handed over. So it all looks like a very big, uh, bigger-than-Watergate cover-up scandal, and it must be they were very worried that Joe Biden would be exposed before the 2020 election. Very powerful people were very worried about that. So they are only going to continue to cover up for him, and that's why you are reading in the New York Times and the Washington Post um, stories that, you know, now 19 months after our story, they admitted that, yes, there was a laptop, yes, it was real, yes, we've authenticated some of the emails on it, but always they have a little caveat in there that says there's no evidence that Joe Biden knew anything about his son and his brother, uh, Jim Biden's business dealings. So uh, I, I just think the fix is in and the American public is going to get a bit of a shock, half the American public, not your listeners and my readers, but that half that their preferred uh, media organ is um, CNN or MSNBC or CBS or ABC, you name it, Washington Post, New York Times, they're going to get a big shock when the Republicans start holding hearings next year when they get control of the House and start subpoenaing some of these uh, former business partners and start exposing the money trail into bank accounts uh, associated with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and um, various of their uh, business partners. So I think it's going to be a big scandal and half the country is going to be gobsmacked. January 6th hearings were, were, were featured on prime time, produced by, by Disney. I think half the country, at least, will never know that there are hearings about Joe Biden because ABC, CBS, NBC, you know, the usual suspects will suppress it. Miranda Devine from New York Post doing what would be award-winning work if journalism awards still meant something uh, on, the, on this story. Let me ask you something. You, at, tell me if you think I'm crazy. I just want your read on this. Um, it's no no secret that China would like to overtake the United States as the world's economic power. It's no secret that China would like to weaken the United States. If I were China, I would be happy that a, that a flood of tens of thousands of poor, uneducated peasants is pouring across its border every month. I would be happy that fentanyl was killing its youth. Do you think the Biden position on immigration is a bought-and-paid-for policy from China? Is that plausible? I don't know that I would go that far, but what I would say is that it it has to be a deliberate ploy because, um, you know, the studious ignoring of it by the administration. Joe Biden was asked just last month uh, 
when he went to Arizona, are you going to the border? And he said, no, because there are more important things. I'm too busy. Yeah, I've got too, too busy. Can't do it. Too busy, yeah. Uh, he's always too busy, and yet he takes these ultra long weekends to, to his you know mansions in Delaware. So I am, um, you know, you, you can't just be perplexed that this catastrophe is being allowed to continue. We're looking at when title. We're already getting nine thousand um, uh, people coming over every day. So if you uh, if you extrapolate that when Title Forty Two is unwound. Very conservatively, uh, the border officials are saying they're expecting 14,000 a day. Um, back, back a couple of months ago when Title 42 was supposed to be um, expunged, they were talking about a double or tripling. So I think that 14,000 is the very least. It's more likely to be 20,000, 25,000 a day and exponentially increasing because once you have an open border, everybody from around the world is going to come to Mexico to cross a border to come to America because why wouldn't they? It is going to be a better, uh, you know, better world for them here than in their broken down old countries, especially with, you know, a global recession in the offing. So um, I don't really blame the people crossing the border, apart from the hardcore criminals and cartel members um, that are also included. But I don't blame economic migrants. But you cannot allow the whole world to come to America or we don't have a country anymore. And so, well, listen. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge that guy that I see on the on the corner, not far from my house, that's holding up the sign. Anything will help. I wouldn't begrudge him wanting to come into my house at night in order to have a warm place to sleep and a refrigerator to get food out of. That doesn't mean it'd be a good idea for me to let it happen. No, and it wouldn't be a good idea for you to let every single homeless person in your country into your house because your house would be trashed and you would be living on the street. So um, it's it's just unsustainable and ridiculous and very dangerous for this country. And so you're looking at, in the conservative number of 14,000, you're looking at 10 million people coming to this country before Joe Biden is out of office. Um, on top of the millions that have already come in, you're probably looking at 20 million if this continues unabated. And so why are they doing this? Why are the Democrats doing this? They have very carefully made sure by putting in these these secret migrant flights in the middle of the night all over the country to disperse these people. They're trying to hide it from the American people. And that's why if, if, if the American people really knew what was going on at the border, if all of them knew, there would be such an outcry. That's why the administration's main motive is to keep it quiet. And why are they doing this? Well, it can only be, what, how does it benefit the Democratic Party? Voters. They are trying to replace the voters that have turned off the, you know, you've got Hispanics and even their core demographic of black voters are turning off the Democrats because their lives have gone downhill uh, in these Democratic cities under Democratic policies, particularly on crime. And so they need new voters who are going to be beholden to them because they get welfare benefits that they can only get under the Democrats. They can bring their families in only under the Democrats, work illegally, get free education, free health, free housing, etc. So they owe the Democrats their vote. And it doesn't matter whether they're illegal or not, because all the Democrats need is a warm body. That's why they oppose voter IDs. That's why they want, you know, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but can you think of any other reason that the Democrats want this to happen other than a crazy idea, which is they just hate this country so much they want to destroy it? 
That or they that or a, or a guaranteed uh, block of voters for all for for yeah. future generations. That's the only Absolutely. reason. You know, Miranda. In the time we have left, you know, I've been in this business a long time. I can remember a news industry where it didn't make any difference. A juicy story was a juicy story, and 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 reporters would have lunged at a juicy story. And I don't, I I can't remember a juicier story than the laptop story. Yeah. How are they so silent on it? I think it's a combination of, um, well, before the election, it was to ensure that Donald Trump was ousted. And for a lot of liberals, you have to realise that they saw Donald Trump as an existential crisis and they thought it was their patriotic duty to do whatever it took to get rid of him, even if it meant selling out all their principles, their journalism, whatever else. Lying, cheating, didn't matter because it was for the greater good to get rid of Donald Trump. That was how far Trump derangement syndrome had gone. Now, post the election, um, they just have to dig in and stubbornly stick to their story because otherwise they have to admit how dishonest they were. They have to admit that actually it was a mistake, that they shouldn't have <laughs> cheated and lied and censored. Um, so they just have to double down and keep on going and um, and try and stick their fingers in their ears and their head in the sand and pretend that this isn't a real story. Miranda, I believe, and I'm not going to let you go with this, but I believe that that about two square miles in which you're sitting there in New York, the, the locus of media in this country, <laughs> that little piece of real estate is one of the biggest problems the republic faces today. I really believe that. Yeah, I agree. And uh, look, let's hope that Elon Musk um, shaking up Twitter will, will have some sort of a difference. I think the Twitter files so far have been a little bit of a damp squib, but I believe that there will be more coming out now that the journalists who've been going through it um, are, uh, are more, you know, they're sort of former liberals who've been red-pilled and now centrist journalists, but it does right. mean that they're not quite as attuned to the nefarious activities of the FBI as we were, and I think they're, they're, uh, they're onto it now. Miranda Devine, one of the, doing some of the best journalism in the country today. Miranda of the New York Post, thank you so much for the work you've done. Thank you for being a part of the program, and I wish you a Merry Christmas. Wonderful to be with you. A Merry Christmas, too. Take care. There goes the great Miranda Devine. Here we go. More of the show coming up after the break. Stay with us. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, here's what uh, Joe Biden had to say to Peter Ducey some time ago. It's a, fa it's a famous clip. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Yeah, we now know that so that was a complete lie. 72% recent Fox News poll. 72% of voters think it's important for Hunter's business dealings to be looked into. Well, do you think? Of course it's important for them to be looked into. If it's all cool and it's all innocent, it's all above board and all on the up and up, then why would you not want to investigate it to prove that? Let's, let's, just, let's just clear the air about this. And if it's what we think it is, then we, by gosh, ought to know what it is and have a clear idea of what we're dealing with and who is occupying the Oval Office. Absolutely, we should look into it. What do you think? 888 we'll take your calls after the top of the hour break here on Fox Across America. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy refer returns on Monday. 
But meanwhile, it's you and me and the phones at 888-788-9910 here on Fox Across America on this Friday before the Friday before Christmas here in the great, greatest country in the world. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. It is Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Wanted to hear from you at 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. As we wrap up uh, a Friday here on uh, on the week before, the week before Christmas, it's uh, the days dwindle down to a precious few. I said in the first hour I would love Santa to bring us some common sense and maybe start actually as as rational, sentient adults address the problems that this country faces. You know, in 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 my lifetime, there have been seven Republican presidents and six Democrats. And since 1995, when uh, Newt Gingrich um, uh, led the Republican takeover of the Congress. Republicans have had outright control eight times. Democrats have had outright control three times. And there have been three occasions when one party controlled the House while the other party controlled the Senate, which is to say, all to say that there has been a back and forth between Democrats and Republicans that has defined American politics for over a century. And that back and forth kind of worked for a long, long time. But such is not necessarily the case today. Somewhere back there, and I say it was during the presidency of Bush the Elder, the contest quietly shifted from Democrats versus Republicans to elites versus the folks. In a sense, it's almost as if a new political party got formed. And because we, the folks, and I'm counting myself among the folks, because we were slow to notice, the elites have had an upper hand for upwards of four decades, and for the most parts, for the most part, the elites have aligned themselves with the Democrats. Uh, even though there are plenty of elite-aligned Republicans, one of them was the GOP nominee for president in 2012. The elites from both parties have managed to give us $31 trillion in national debt, some debilitatingly costly foreign wars, a near-complete breakdown in public education, decaying cities, wide open border we've been talking about during the show today, rampant crime, and a a couple of near economic collapses, and now we have crushing inflation. All the while, we the folks have had a time of it, except for an altogether too brief but really great interlude during the last three years of the Trump presidency, middle-class incomes have failed to outpace inflation, and aggregate American wealth has declined. We have become less wealthy as a nation over the past 40 years. We have, we have a lower net worth than we had 40 years ago. Uh, that's not to say that nobody got wealthy. A small cabal of mostly coastal Mostly Democratic elites got filthy, stinking rich. And the fact that you got poorer, which widens the income gap about which um, um, politicians never stop pandering, the fact that you got poorer bothers the elite not in the least. Just as it bothers them not in the least that every American city is being affected by by the immigration crisis playing out on our southern border. It's not bothering them. They live in gated communities behind walls, while the while they insist that walls don't work. 
Their lives have gotten better. They're fine. They don't care that your life is not as good as it was. I, I, I take this these elites, and again, let's be fair. They come from both parties. I, I take them in three groups. We have the political elite. They hold leadership positions in their respective parties. They mouth the appropriate words to their respective bases. They make all of the requisite campaign promises, but their only real concern and the only thing that really animates them day to day is the retention of the power that they gain with political office, with the perks and the financial rewards that come with. As a caller before the top of the hour said, how is it these guys you know, get elected and somehow become millionaires? Good question. We have the second the second group of the elite, and this is a this is a fairly new thing in America. We have the corporate elite. The corporate elite, you know, they used to be the corporate elite in America used to be a bunch of um, pretty conservative guys. The corporate elite today, they sit in the executive suites of our largest companies. They have largely co-opted the uh, legislative and the regu- regulatory apparatus of the for the furtherance of their own financial interests. The corporate elite, they can promote leftist causes, gender equity and critical race theory with impunity, knowing that it's a practical matter. You, you and I, we can't take our business elsewhere. And then finally, we have the cultural elite. The cultural elite control television, the movies, music, entertainment, theater, primary and secondary schools, universities, book publishing, journalism, if you can still call it journalism. And from those commanding heights, the cultural elites can oppose, impose upon us a never-ending diet of liberal grievance, gay and gender grievance, racial grievance, environmental grievance, etc., etc., etc. The whole climate change thing is driven by the cultural elite, and they are mostly pasty white liberals who are promoting the, the climate change. I don't know a lot of poor people who are concerned about climate change. You got to be clear about this. Elites of all stripes, whether they're cultural, corporate, or political, they hold you, the folks, you, you and me, in utter contempt. If you don't live near the coast, if your college diploma, assuming that you even have one, isn't from a very short list of, appro- of approved universities, mostly in the Ivy League, if you earn your living in any way that involves actual physical labor, may God forbid, if you regularly go to church, if you don't know the finer points points regarding the ordering of wine in a five-star restaurant, the elites think you are smelly and deplorable. They 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 it, particularly if you if you do your shopping at Walmart or Target, if you are if you if you clip coupons in order to try to save money on your grocery budget, they look upon you as something beneath them. They don't think because you are reduced in their eyes to clipping coupons in order to save money on your groceries. They don't think you're smart enough to order the affairs of your own life. And so as a consequence, they condescend to us and they enact and enact policies and carry out policies from which they very carefully insulate themselves so as not to suffer the negative consequences of the very policies they promote. A, for example... 
defunding the police and letting crime run rampant. You can believe that the people who promote these policies are well protected out of their own pockets because they can afford it. They have security. They live in neighborhoods that have private patrols. They are insulating themselves from the crime that they let run rampant in your neighborhood, in your city. They don't care about you, and they come in two forms. They come in the form of Republicans, and they come in the forms of, form of Democrats. It is an elite thing. It's not a party anything party thing anymore. This is a country that has been divided into the elites and the folks, and that's what really is driving most of our arguments today. That's where we are. That's where we are very, very sharply divided. One of the reasons for Donald Trump's success in 2016 is he tapped into the discontentment of the folks. There he was, a billionaire with the sensibilities of a working-class guy, and working-class people related to Trump, and ordinary middle-class, middle-of-the-country, heartland folks looked at Donald Trump and said, there's a guy who understands what's going on with me, and that's why he succeeded. And I'm going to say this out loud and probably touch off a storm. If Donald Trump had taken Mike Pence's advice immediately following the Supreme Court's refusal to hear the Texas lawsuit that was joined by 18 other states over election irregularities. When when, When the Supreme Court refused to hear that suit, it was over. The 2020 election was over. It was done. Trump lost. If he had recognized that fact then and said, okay, we're going to live to fight another day, and if he had immediately after the inauguration done what Mike Pence suggested that he do, go on a national victory tour and talk about the successes of his administration, if he had done that, all of us would be in better shape today. Because one, it might have been a bit chastening to to the current administration, but number two, the Republican Party would have a clear agenda for 2024 instead of what is going to be a food fight, I fear, with respect to the, uh, to the nomination process. I think Donald Trump took a successful presidency that ended in a, in a disappointing way and squandered the opportunity to make something out of it and, and advanced the cause of conservatism and advanced the cause of the folks who elected him, who got behind him, and made him the president against all odds. It is the elites versus the folks. And right now, the elites have the upper hand, and we are suffering, and that's how come we have tens of thousands and soon soon to be a tsunami of thousands of, of people pouring across our border, consuming social services, consuming... Um, time and space in in hospital emergency rooms, filling up schools for which there is no no taxpayer funding to hire the additional teachers and create the additional space, taking the time of law enforcement, creating social ill in our country against our will. And that's going on because the elites don't, care about you and me. They care about themselves. All the while, they have gotten richer, and except for, as I say, a little brief interlude there where 
middle-class incomes were for the first time in decades actually rising in inflation-adjusted dollars. Real incomes were going up. Except for that little brief interlude, the middle class has been taking it in the chops now for close to four decades. And that's why we're all so grumpy. And and that's why we seem to have lost any touch with it, with the common sense that one time governed both parties in their approach to to politics and governing the nation. And that's why I said at the start of the show, I want Santa Claus to bring America a big bag full of the common sense we seem to have lost. What do you think about all this? It's Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. We'll, uh, we'll hear from you, and we have, um, we have things coming up at the bottom of the hour. We have uh, Mike, um, uh, Mike Howell. He's the director of the Oversight Project at the Heritage, Heritage Foundation. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Between now and then, let's talk. 888-788-9910. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Paul Glancher sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Taking your calls at 888-788-9910. We are in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's David next on Fox Across America. Hello, David. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, I tend to disagree with your opening. Um, I think it kind of was a contradiction. I think change is coming. Uh, of course, we know the change that you talked about, the elites, and instead of the difference between Republican and Democrat. Um, well, where do you disagree? We it. Uh, the disagreement mainly is that I don't think the country would have been better off if Trump had just taken the Supreme Court and Pence's advice and just walked away. Um, I think the country's bad because the election was didn't go the right direction i have my other reasons for that yeah but but, but that became um, that became an, an an unassailable and unfixable fact when the supreme court turned down that case that it became impractical to even consider they, they, that the, they, the you, you, it was done then mm-hmm. it, whether you liked it or not whether you agreed yes. or not it was done then that's that's done, but the proof is in the pudding later. I think they're still no, no, going to come then, up with some things then, in other elections. Then you that's misheard not the point. Well, yeah, but you misheard yeah. me, David. I, I didn't. I said okay. we would be better off if Trump had then, when it was done, said, "Okay, it's done. I'm going to turn my eyes toward the future and be and live to win another day." That's what Nixon did in 1960. When it was mm-hmm. there was a you know a fairly compelling body of evidence to say he got robbed in Illinois of the 1960 mm-hmm. election, he turned his attention to the future, wound up to be to win the 1968 election, and I think Trump should have turned his turned his gaze toward okay, I'm going to win in 2024, and I'm going to win based on what we did from night from 20 uh, uh, from 2016 to 2020. And Pence wanted him mm-hmm. to go on a victory tour, and I think it would have served him well if yes, he had. Can you hear me? You there, David? Well, all right, we lost it. We lost David. But okay, I still believe. I'm sorry, we lost David. Love to have a conversation. I didn't. 
he raises a good point. It's worth debating that. But, David, appreciate your call. Sorry we lost you. Um, Leewood, Kansas. Douglas, you're next on Fox Across America. Hey, thanks a lot. Yeah, I told America on 48 states on satellite radio that you might as well keep Trump in for another four years to ward off inflation. And uh, I couldn't believe that America made this change, but we're not even finished yet. At the first quarter of this month, oil is going to go up to about 120 bucks a barrel, and it's headed for $240 a barrel. Why do you why do you say that, um, Douglas? There's a crisis. We're in a crisis. We can't produce the oil, and uh, they're not going to be able to get it. And uh, he's even – the Democrats are turning to Venezuela and different places to try to start pumping oil from – with enemies – yeah, we we know all of the, we we know all of that, and of course we can produce enough oil in this country to complete be completely self sufficient with respect to oil, and to be able to actually make money selling it uh, overseas. We can do that in this country, and we're doing so. And the Biden administration has choose chosen to turn its back on Trumpian policy that made that possible. Yeah, not only that, we should have already came up with an alternative fuel because gasoline is not the perfect fuel for the combustion engine. And we could have done a perfect, we do have a perfect fuel, they just haven't mass produced it that has no pollution. But for some reason, they don't want to, they don't want to do nothing in this regard. All right, Douglas, I don't know that there is is anything as the perfect anything. Um, Everything, there are no solutions in the world, there are only trade-offs. And we, we, anything that we do with respect to the, to the use of energy is going to require that we do something to the earth. There is there is no environmentally benign source of energy. It has to be scratched out of the earth, dug out of the earth, drilled out of the earth. Something has to happen in order for us to have energy. And right now, assuming that there is some nirvana energy source of, that's, that's in the offing in the future, Right now, we need gasoline, and we need gasoline that we can afford because that works. We know it works, and we can't afford to cripple ourselves. We can't afford to hobble ourselves in the short term for some amorphous far in the future, way may way off, may happen, may not uh, solution down the road. And that's what we've done, and that's the reason that gasoline went to 5 and $6 a gallon earlier this year. Fox Across America with Paul Glasser sending in for Jimmy Fallon here. More of the show coming up, including Mike Howell from the Heritage Foundation. Don't go away. It's Fox Across America. Paul Glasser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy refers on returns on Monday. Meanwhile, the Heritage Foundation, one of the best think tanks in Washington, conservative, smart, great resource, heritagefoundation.org. On the line is Mike Howell. He's the director of the Oversight Project at the Heritage Foundation. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Listen, you issued a you issued a statement uh, praising. Um, my governor, you you don't know this. I'm I'm filling in for Jimmy Fallon from uh, KTBB Radio, Tyler Longview, Texas. My governor Greg Abbott has sent a letter to the uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton here in in Texas, urging him to immediately begin investigating 
NGOs, non-governmental organizations, um, and you're going, you're going to help us know what an NGO is and explain that for people that don't know, that have played a role, and this is your quote, in planning, and this is Governor Abbott's quote, in played a role in planning and assisting illegal crossings into Texas. So, Mike, fill us in on that. Right. So Governor Abbott is over the target, directly over it with this. So NGOs, non-governmental organizations, these are the groups that are at the border, and they basically take custody of illegal aliens once they get processed by Border Patrol and then fly them across the country to wherever they want to go. Translation, they are completing the human smuggling chain by getting them uh, throughout the country into their end destination. So basically, the Biden administration wouldn't be able to pull off this purposeful, massive crisis without the help of groups to put people on planes, uh, care and feed. And uh, Governor Abbott is also interested in the work of these groups south of the border. Uh, they play a big role in getting people to the, the U.S. illegally, uh, pushing them out from their home countries, uh, helping them in the path along the way, basically working, you know, side-by-side uh, side to the cartels process that is, is running them here. And so absolutely this activity shouldn't be happening. Uh, I'm can, you name, can, you, can you name names? You say NGOs. People may not even know what an NGO is. The American Red Cross, I'm not saying it's this, they're involved, but the American Red Cross is an example of an NGO. But can, mm-hmm. but can you name names? Sure, I'll name a big one, Catholic Charities. Uh, we issued a report that has a list of all these NGOs, but they're the 800-pound gorilla. Uh, Catholic Charities is a very pro-open borders organization. Uh, a lot of money behind the operation, and then they also turn around and lobby Washington, D.C. for policies to keep the border open. Uh, they get a lot of taxpayer dollars when it comes to, to reimbursements and grants for this activity. And so basically, if you're out there and you donate to Catholic Charities, I tell you to rethink that and don't do it, because that money is going towards implementing the border crisis. Uh, and, you know, it's not just Catholic Charities. But they're the biggest one. Who Name, name others. So Lutheran uh, Relief Services is, is really big, Jewish World Services. Um, a lot of them, as you'll, you'll pick up on, are, you know, religious in, in name. And so that kind of gets, lets them skate a little bit past credibility and the scrutiny. Uh, but this is the activity they're involved in. Uh, there's political wings of a lot of these massive uh, church organizations that, that have, you know, become politicized. Don't get me wrong, some of them do some great work in other areas, but this border work is completely contrary to the values of this country, our national security and sovereignty, and so they just shouldn't be doing it. And so, and so, there, so here we are. Here we are at Christmas. And we're feeling we're feeling the Christmas spirit. We want to be generous, and we give money to organizations like this, and very likely unaware that a portion of that money is funding the border crisis. Is that a fair analysis? Yeah, you're you're absolutely on on the nose with that one. And uh, we put out a report about a week ago where we purchased cell phone location data uh, and basically tracked illegal aliens when they get into these NGO facilities. And what we found was these NGOs put them in every pocket of America, the illegal aliens. We found virtually every congressional district on the U.S. mainland in a one-month period had an illegal alien sent there by, a, by an NGO. So this is a mass human resettlement project that, that's occurring. Yeah, and, when, and I, listen, I read about this. You you, you geofenced the, these NGO facilities and, and pinged the phone numbers. You're not actually tracking people personally, but you ping the you ping the cell phone numbers, and then 15 days, 30 days, whatever period of, of time later, you say, where is that phone now? And do, do I remember correctly that of 435 congressional districts um, in the United States, 
you found phones in like 430 of them. Yep, you're, you're right on the money. It's a little higher than that, but it's virtually every single congressional district on the mainland. Um, and it was only a one-month period. So you can imagine what it would look like over the entirety of the Biden administration. Uh, they'd be you know, virtually everywhere in, in much larger numbers. We just did a snapshot, and we were shocked to find you know, it's this extensive nationally. Mike Howell from the Heritage Foundation is our, is our guest here on Fox Across America. I led the show, Mike, you weren't listening, but I led the show saying that this country used to be possessed of common sense, and common sense tells you that you cannot afford to take in tens of thousands of uneducated poor people every month and feed them, clothe them, clothe them, house them, medicate them, and police them when they misbehave. No country can afford that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it hits us on every single policy level in that negative way. It's longer lines at the ER. It's you paying for free health care. It's your children's school being overcrowded with people who come in and, you know, need to be put into the school system. It's our national security. There's dozens and dozens of known suspected terrorists that have crossed that border. It's crime. I mean, we have a serious illegal alien crime problem in this country with MS-13. It's our voting integrity. You'll notice the left wants to make the rules as loose as possible and, you know, not even check ID or citizenship. Uh, it's in our political representation. They want to they count illegal aliens in the census. Uh, it's in our welfare programs. It's in our culture. There's no way we can assimilate this many people into the United States mainstream culture. And so it degrades our institutions, our, our shared culture and history. Uh, it's bad all around. It is, it's really a, a dangerous plan that's being implemented. And it's been happening for far too long. Listen, one of the things I reckon I wish every American could do is go to Ellis Island and for, particularly for one exhibit at Ellis Island. If you're unfamiliar, Ellis Island is where was the was the uh, the initial point of contact uh, for immigrants coming from Europe in in the steerage class of ships. You 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 ask for entry into the United States at Ellis Island. And one of the exhibits there was was the effort that was put forth by the United States government to encourage this wave of immigrants to become Americans, to to adopt American culture, to understand America's way of government, to to the, really what they said, you came from the old country to the new, so embrace, embrace your new country and and adopt its set of values. And that, that was a big effort that was put forth by the government during the heyday of Ellis Island. We don't have that now with the people that are coming in and immigrating to the country, particularly the illegals. You're, you're 100% right. I mean, the left hates that stuff. I mean, they, they insult our, our country's history left and right. There's no assimilation in the school system. If anything, illegal aliens school systems are at more risk of being groomed to change their gender than being taught to like this country. Uh, it's just they've destroyed any assimilation capability because they think America is fundamentally bad. Well, and yeah, if it's so fundamentally bad, why do, why do hordes and hordes of people want to come here? Yeah, because we give them free stuff. And our well, I guess that's true. They come from. And, yeah, uh, and, 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 mm-hmm. uh, yeah. There, there's, but you know, I, the, that's true. That's the cynical view. But there's also, a, there, you know, I, to be fair, a lot of people come to this country because they view it as the as the the place of opportunity that they'll an opportunity that they'll never have where they currently live. So they come here, right? And, and I'm sympathetic to that. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is that means their home countries are never going to get better. If we keep just taking the youth and the working class from, you know, Latin America and Central America, South American countries and 
you know, virtually every country in the world, what chances are there for improvement and building economies in these other countries? Uh, it's a long-term cyclical problem that just, you know, gets worse and worse. Well, the the cynical view on why would why would an American presidential administration encourage this when there when there's clearly so much harm flowing from it, just just the humanitarian abuse that takes place when people trying to come to the country and you know what is it one in four one in three women are sexually assaulted, and then the, the flood of fentanyl and the and the the the. the uh, extortion that takes place for people uh, using the uh, the cartels to get them in. Why would a why would a presidential administration brook that kind of activity going on? What's in it for them? The the cynical yeah. view is they want to import a, a permanent voting block. Uh, that that's true. I mean, they're on record saying so much. I mean, Biden's been gleeful about the mass demographic change that's occurring because of immigration, as have all basically leading Democrat politicians. They know that if they get a huge underclass dependent on the government, they're more likely to be, guess what, Democratic voters. That's what's at the root of all of this. It's terrible. And it's, frankly, all the things they accused Donald Trump of doing that weren't true, even if you added those up, all up and times it by 100. Uh, instigating a national security crisis and against the law for a political benefit? Come on. That, that That's not impeachable conduct. I don't know what is. Yeah, but what's going to happen? Because I... First of all, it's under half the country doesn't even know the level to which we are in crisis because they consume their news from news outlets that don't report it. What? Ha- how do we fix it? Well, we need to get real leaders in Washington. I mean, you'd think that uh, the conservatives and Republican Party up here would have their hair on fire. But no, what they're doing now is, you know, some were floating an amnesty deal for illegal aliens, you know, as recently as a few days ago. Um, they're looking at pre-writing a massive funding bill for the Biden administration to continue carrying this on next year. And so we just don't have a fighting class of politicians up here uh, that can affect change and really hold the Biden administration accountable. It's a lot of captured opposition, really. Uh, and so that's the, the jaded view. We're obviously fighting to, to change that. But until we get new people up here, actually, uh, we'll fight for this country. Uh, it's just going to get worse. Uh, Mike Howell from the Heritage Foundation, the director of the Oversight Project. Um, I floated this uh, past Miranda Devine. She didn't agree with me. And I, I know it sounds crazy that to, to say something like this. But to what extent do you think the perhaps a compromised president, a, a, a president who's been compromised by payments funneled through his son by by adversarial governments to what do you to what extent do you think that compromise is contributing to the flaccid response to what is clearly a humanitarian crisis yeah i think this whole administration is cloaked in, in corruption due to that you know major major pay to play scheme uh, also, at lower levels, this is a there's a lot of corruption happening at the cabinet level and in the agencies and a lot of the influence, and and so they're there. This administration is there to implement their their program, which is a mass illegal program, and so they're not going to buck that. Um, so I absolutely think the corruption prevents them from doing anything to actually help this country. And you know, I wish that there was others outside of you, Miranda Devine, and, and, and the media that were willing to view everything that's happening through that lens. But unfortunately, the mainstream media is just doing cover work for him. You know, my wife is uh, is a second-generation American. Her grandparents uh, immigrated here, for, depending on, on who won the last war, from either Russia or Poland. 
I mean, they were Eastern Europeans. They came here. Uh, her grandfather uh, spoke not a word of English and had to fix that as quickly as he could because they needed a job in order to eat, in order to be able to feed himself. And he washed windows in New York City. His daughter has a law degree. So it, the, the American dream was realized, but they emigrated here legally. And they planted the seeds of future successful Americans. That's what American immigration, that is the American immigration story. And we don't have it now. You're 100% right. And the story you just told about your wife, uh, the same thing with, with my wife and her family. Uh, they did it the right way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the way that everyone else should do it. And it's worked out very well. It's just not how immigration policy works now. It's just massive, massive illegal immigration. No assimilation. Uh, it's, it's, you know, suicide of a nation. This is how nations kill themselves. Mike Howell, director of the Oversight Project at Heritage Foundation. Where can people go to learn more about what you and I just talked about? So if you go to heritage.org, our website, we have a host of you know, papers and writings on this topic, including uh, the memo I just discussed. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at M. Howell Tweets, and Heritage is at Heritage. We obviously have a lot to say on these issues. Mike Howell, director of the Oversight Project, the Heritage Foundation. Appreciate you being part of the program today, Mike. I wish you a very uh, Merry Christmas, if that's your thing. And thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas to you as well. There he goes, Mike Howell of the Heritage Foundation. Here we go. More of the show coming up after the break. It's Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Across America, Paul Glass is hitting in for Jimmy Fela. Here on this Friday to end the week in the greatest country in the world, Alex in Brooklyn put a button on the show for us. You're our final caller. What's on your mind? Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking the call. And by the way, you just led a great program up until the end. So I, I agree Thank with you, you um, about what you said that Miranda Vine didn't agree with you, that po it's possible that one of the reasons why the Democrats are allowing these immigrants in here when they're bringing the cocaine with them is because the Chinese are funneling all this cocaine into the, this country through the open border. But what's certain is that once these illegal immigrants can vote, and if they vote for Republicans, the Democrats are going to shut down the border. So that's the main reason why they're allowing them in here. So that way they can have more Democratic votes. But the thing is that we can feel bad for these people in Mexico, and the Democrats can give whatever reason they want why we should allow them in here. But we shouldn't be sacrificing this, our safety and the safety of our children with the criminals and the amount of cocaine that's coming in here. That the amount that came in already can kill this everybody in this country. I heard like ten times over, and so we can feel bad for them, but we shouldn't be sacrificing our safety first to allow them in here. I and can feel bad. 
Yeah, I can feel bad for the homeless people I see on the street and on the street corners, you know, saying we'll right. work for food and all that. That doesn't mean I right. could, that it makes sense for me to invite them into my house. Right, and we're living in a society now where if somebody murders someone and he has a mental illness, someone's going to yell out, hey, he just murdered someone, he saw too much blood, bring him a cup of water. No, you got to lock him up. We could, I know there's a poor guy, yeah, and he's, he goes into the store and he shoplifts. Yeah, I feel bad for him. He doesn't have money, but we still got to enforce our laws because we're not going to have a society if we, if we don't. If you let, and, the, and if you let the too many the Democratic Party. If you let too many people go in and shoplift and say, well, they're poor, they need it, so they need the food, so we just got to let them walk out with the food, what happens is the grocery store closes and then then you then you got no then you got nothing and the people that the, the, the law-abiding citizens that live in a neighborhood don't have a grocery store so you you have to enforce the law that's why we have laws and absolutely thank you so much hey listen thank you alex and i hope you have a great christmas hey listen it's been a lot of fun a great way to spend the friday at least for me i hope it was for you sitting here sitting in here for jimmy Fallon, fox across america you know the the guy we want of course is jimmy he's the best but it's it's a real honor to get to sit in when he he has to be on the road so thanks for making me feel welcome thank you uh producer mike and technical director josh for making all of this work when you got a guy filling in from far away and thank you for listening uh i will not see you you guys until after Christmas. I'm billing in for Jimmy after Christmas, so let me take this opportunity to wish you a merry one and a safe one, and I hope it's everything you want and you have a great time with your family. Make it a good one. Thanks for being a part of the program, everybody. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.